Um, welcome everyone to the second edition, second live show of Saturday Standouts. I am Sam Darren, your co-host, and with me as always is my co-host Caleb Skinner. And we are here tonight to break down the Big 12. And our five most intriguing teams are Oklahoma, uh, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Iowa State. So let's start off with Oklahoma. And obviously they've gained Spencer Rattler. I know, Caleb, you're hot. You're a guy that's high on Spencer Rattler, a guy that rushed for 1,000 yards in high school. Um, he's that dual-threat quarterback, the guy that can – win on the ground, both both on the ground and in the passing game. And just going through what they kind of did last year, um, they don't have CeeDee Lamb. Um, they lost Kennedy Brooks, and they also lost Trey Sermon, um, a transfer to Ohio State. They don't have Jalen Hurts. Um, I think Spencer Rattler is going to have a better career than Jalen Hurts. Um, I think he'll have a better year than Jalen Hurts did. Um, I'm more of a fan than Spencer Rattler. Myself at Oklahoma, the third best offense in the country, averaging 537 yards per game. Um, C.D. Lamb, obviously, as we all know, uh, left for the NFL, um, but C.D. Lamb is their big, big loss. Um, Trey Sermon, to me, I think Trey Sermon had a lot to prove. I think the main guy of their run game was Kennedy Brooks. Um, so going through the record, um, they don't have that tough of a schedule at all. Um, my one loss is kind of shaky, um, but I'm not. I don't want to be a guy that's kind of high on OK State. But I've got Oklahoma going nine and one, and losing to OK State. And I know after the OK State game, which we'll get to them in a, in a bit here, uh, this Tulsa game did not look hot at all. Yeah. So I mean, you mentioned a bunch of things that Oklahoma is dealing with in terms of who they've lost. And I mean, they lost a bunch of big players. Not only did they lose, you know, their quarterback and they're starting a, a true, you know, or I guess a redshirt freshman Spencer Rattler is now, but I mean, maybe you lose Kenneth Murray, Parnell, um, Kelly goes down with an injury. So they're dealing with a lot of, you know, new pieces out there, but yep. So, I mean, so many, so many pieces, but, um, we did just see them already play one game against Missouri State. Well, not a whole lot of people got to saw because they put it on pay-per-view. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure you were able to catch some highlights or stuff like that. Um, and they looked pretty good. Um, uh, Spencer Rattler only threw um, 17 times, had 14 completions, but he had four touchdowns for 290 yards yeah. with, like, a QBR in the 95. So um, it's just, you know, typical Lincoln Riley's just going to keep on, you know, riding the train. It's just going to continue to be a powerful thing. But looking at their schedule – um, I mean, they still have questions, obviously, Missouri State's not, you know, a Big 12 opponent and somebody you really pay attention to, and they didn't score points, so it wasn't really a test for them. So that's kind of what we're going to see come this next game on Saturday with Kansas State a little bit. So we're kind of going to get to see how these guys play. Um, and it's a game that's going to be interesting because it's their first one um, that is in the conference, but um, they have two big games, in my opinion. One being at home, or I mean, I guess both of them are at home um, when they play Texas and Oklahoma State. Um, but that game um, that they play Oklahoma State later in November is definitely the the key game for me, in my opinion, to look forward to. Yeah, my my intriguing game is also um, Oklahoma State, and that Tulsa game did not look good. Um, but I expect a full offensive battle. That's two of the top five offenses in the Big Twelve: Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And like you mentioned with Lincoln Riley. 
Lincoln Riley is continuing to solidify that QB, QBU. Um, they started off with Baker, Kyler Murray, um, Jalen Hurts, now Spencer Rattler. Hopefully we get to see Caleb Williams now in a few in a year, about two years. Um, I mean, Lincoln Riley has done a phenomenal job. There's reasons why he's been rumored to get NFL head coaching jobs. Um, and, yeah, my most intriguing game as well is um, Oklahoma State. Um, I, I expect a full offensive battle, um, and I don't want to talk too much about Oklahoma State now because um, I kind of want to go more in-depth with their <laughs> Tulsa game. Um, but I have them going 9-1 and one, um, Oklahoma, and I had them losing to Oklahoma State. And you mentioned your other one was Texas. Um, what made Texas kind of stick out to you? Um, they're just, in my opinion, they have a lot of, you know, returning pieces. Um, I really like what they've got going there. Um, there's come around a little bit in terms of, you know, weather and, you know, everybody wants to say Texas back and, you know, Miami of the big 12 here. So <laughs> it's just, uh, it, I think it's finally time for Sam Ellinger to prove that. He is the guy. I mean, the coaching is great over there. Um, so I, I really expect them to take that leap this year. Um, I think he's just going to um, be quarterback versus, you know, the not the non-veteran. So it's going to be a real exciting matchup, in my opinion. Obviously, it's a huge rivalry game every, every year in the Big 12. Everybody tunes in for that one. Um, and they always seem to be great games, no matter, you know, if one team's good and one team's bad, but I think this is going to be an ultimate clash of these teams. I mean, we look at their, their what are they ranked eight and five respective respectively right now. Um, I mean, I don't know where they're going to be ranked heading into that matchup, but I expect it to be, you know, probably go undefeated for both teams, maybe up to that point. And that's going to be a real exciting matchup for college football. So that's why obviously it's easy to pick that one as, you know, the game that you want to pay attention to. But again, um, I, I'll come back to that OK State game because, depending on how OK State season unfolds up to that point, that might be their big game. Yeah, and I think you make really good points about Texas um, because you and I have both had this conversation talking about the Big 12, breaking them down when we were talking about Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger, to me, not only has to prove that he can be that guy, but he has to prove he has to take that big leap forward to prove that he can be an NFL quarterback. When I thought of Sam Ellinger earlier today, I thought of he would be great for the XFL. And Sam Ellinger doesn't want to go to the – he wants to go to the NFL. Like, he has to make that big leap. And obviously, that team Texas doesn't have – and this will kind of lead us on to our next team is Texas. They lost two of their top targets, Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson. They gained Tariq Black out of Michigan. I like Tariq Black. Um, I think his hands have slowly improved over the years. Um but he's got to step up on big plays. I know one of the big one that stood out was the fourth quarter play late in the game against Penn State last year, had that drop. He's going up against weaker competition. Sam Ellinger is a better quarterback than Shea Patterson is. And now Tariq, Tariq Black, <laughs> spotlight is his. So, I mean, Tariq Black, I expect to take that big leap forward. Um, that's a guy that I'm kind of excited to learn more about and not learn more about, but kind of like, Hopefully the team kind of gets to know him, hopefully flourishes um, in that Texas offense with Sam Ellinger as their quarterback. Yeah, um, I don't think I gave my record prediction for Oklahoma, but I'll just drop that in here for you guys real quick. Um, I, my, my 
No, you're fine. Uh, like Sam, I have Oklahoma losing <clears throat> one game and it also being to Oklahoma State. Um, so I just think they provide a little bit of a better matchup than so does Texas. So um, that is ultimately the one loss for Oklahoma. I still believe that, you know, Oklahoma is one of the more elite teams here in the Big 12. I think Spencer Rattler is only going to grow. But um, like I said before, Oklahoma State, I don't know how their season's going to pan out up to that point. So that could be a huge game for them. But um, like you said, we're moving on to Texas here. And um, you're talking about Tariq Black and all kinds of things. And I mean, Texas is returning a lot of a lot of players, like I was talking about before. Um, however, I think they're uh, working around with some new coaches as well. But I do believe that their their head coach and Tom Herman is <clears throat> one of the best head coaches in college football, in my opinion. Um, some people might not think that way, but I do. He he moved up the ranks pretty quickly um, through the college football ranks as a coach. So um, we just saw them play a UTEP team, albeit it is UTEP. But um, this Longhorn team, we talk about Sam Allen. 426 yards in the air with five touchdowns like that's a way to start your college football season on a season that's going to be super important to you um and your team um real question here is i know they kind of went running back by committee so is are one of these guys going to kind of step up to be you know that that one you know what do they call it like uh you're just power horse of a back or whatever there in the backfield is just going to be your every down guy. Um, they might just do this all season. Um, <clears throat> if that's the case, so be it. So, um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it at all. And then obviously uh, the big guy here for them in the receiving is more, have had a hell of a day, six catches, 127 yards and a touchdown versus UTEP again. Um, Tariq Black had a, had a fumble. Um, so that was, that's, uh, is what it is, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he also had 80 yards, and so I mean, and a touchdown himself. So he, he played. Well. Um, their defense is, in my opinion, probably their best asset. Aside, their linebacker is an absolute animal. Um, you guys need to pay attention to him if you have not seen him play. I highly suggest you go take in some, uh, you know, take in some film on him because he's he's going to be a freak of nature. Um, he's just a real. Uh, it just gets after it when one of those twitchy guys. So defense pretty stout there as well. And um, I really like them. I mean, 59 to three against UTEP. Um, that's, that's a real, you know, spanking right there on them. But um, go ahead. And, and what did you see from Texas that you like? Yeah. And you mentioned the running backs too, is a thing to point out is there hasn't been a solid Texas running back in like a few years. They're always a team that, you know, kind of when you think of them, they're pass first. There's a reason why they wanted a transfer wide receiver over from Michigan in Tariq Black. And you mentioned Tariq Black had those fumbles, had a fumble in his first game against UTEP. Again, like he, he has to step up in those big plays. And I think him going into a weaker conference in a conference like the Big 12 that isn't known for having those elite defenses, like, yeah, you have Oklahoma that produces, like, studs in the making, Neville Gallimore, um, Kenneth Murray, like you mentioned previously. TCU has Trayvon Morig and Darius Washington and Garrett Wallow, which uh, <laughs> a lot of guys are returning. But, like, the Big 12 overall isn't known to have, like, those elite defenses like the SEC and the Big 10 are. And I think that will help, hopefully help, Tariq Black's production. I think he's got to step up in big games. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it did, It was a beating. It was a beatdown. It was a 59-3, to three, I think the score was. 
Um, yeah. Sam Ellinger went off a strong way to start off the season. And I agree with you with Tom Herman. I think Tom Herman is one of the most underrated coaches in college football. And I think it's unbelievable what he was able to do, what he was able to turn Texas into. Texas was a team in the Big 12 that everyone was talking about. I mean, if you go into this season outside of Oklahoma, I would probably say the next team that everyone's probably thinking of outside of Oklahoma is probably OK State because they have Chuba Hubbard, mm -hmm. second best running back in the you draft. Get, you get the hype there from, from Chuba. Right. You get the hype from Chuba. You get Tylen Wallace. You get Spencer Sanders. Two very underrated prospects, especially Tylen Wallace. Um, but, I mean, Texas was talked about almost as much as Oklahoma was years ago. And it's amazing what Tom Herman was able to do with recruiting and developing those guys. And I believe two years ago, Sam Elliott went and said, we're back, like on the mic after his bowl game. And... <laughs> Some people decided to put the overrated tag on them because they go in, what are they ranked? Between 10 and 15. It might even be lower than that. I think they might, weren't they in the top 10 last year? And then actually the Texas game against LSU last year is that was Joe Burrow's real test. Like, right. Yeah, so that I mean I go ahead. I mean that that's where I think Texas lucks out this year. They're not mm -hmm. having to play that LSU game. Yeah. Exactly. And like, they don't have, like, even looking through their schedule, they, they have some tough opponents, but at the same time, it's not overly tough. Like I would say it's like right in between. Like I, I think they have a potential to have a winning record and looking through their schedule. I'll let you start with this one. Um, what do you have them going? Um, so ultimately I have, I don't know. I was stuck with them. I am stuck between going eight and two and nine and one. Um, I think obviously this, they already won that Tulsa game and they smacked them. I don't think West Virginia, I mean, they're still, you know, trying to get accustomed to their new head coach, trying to create a culture there as well. I know it's a year three, but I mean, it still takes a little bit of time to do that. And um, so I don't think they're really going to have trouble there either, especially with it being at home. Then they head over to Kansas to play you know, Les Miles' team, which, uh, he's pretty much building from the ground up. <laughs> so they're not um, going to be able to really test this Texas team. So um, I, eventually, West Miles will get them there, but not this year. <laughs> and they go to Baylor as well. Um, Baylor's dealing with a whole sort of problems. They lost so many pieces on their defense and a new head coach coming in. So, um, I mean, they do return their starting quarterback, but, I mean, he can't carry you, you know, through a whole season ultimately so i think that's another win there and it'll probably be a little bit close to the not look um all that fantastic in their first game um they actually got pretty beat in by a uh, louisiana raging cajuns team so um expect them to get a w there um actually where am i at i'm reading off of the wrong schedule <laughs> <laughs> still no, um, so, so yeah, sorry guys i was reading off the wrong schedule um i was reading off of oklahoma's schedule but yeah utep we saw what happened there and then they had the texas tech i think that's an, an easy win there in lubbock um then they play tcu which i think tcu even though they have a lot of returning players and everything that um i think you know texas team is a little bit more well-rounded there and then the question surrounding uh max duggan and his availability throughout this season is going to be a real question mark for them, but we'll get to that later. And um, then their first test here comes 
um, versus Oklahoma, obviously in Dallas. So that is my first loss for them. I ultimately think, you know, even though we think Texas is, you know, they're more veteran team, they've got more players coming back, returning. I mean, Oklahoma does too, but they lost so a couple more pieces and quarterback's a very important one. But uh, what we've seen Lincoln Riley be able to do with a young quarterback who can do yeah. the things that Spencer Rattler or Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts does um, <laughs> is really telling in my opinion. So um, I, I expect it to be a really great game, but I think Oklahoma comes out with that one. Um, again, facing Baylor. Um, I just talked about that a minute ago. And then here's the second one where I was kind of stuck between, and that's heading to Oklahoma State there for Bedlam in the 31st. So um, ultimately, I I think they'll get the win. Um, I just think, like like I said, you got all that hype around Oklahoma State. And so we're not going to – we're not – after their first game of the season. With that – I mean, I, I would take it in, in a close game as well, but I would take them coming out on top in that one. And then they face West Virginia, Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State, and none of those worry me when it comes to them. So at worst, in my opinion, um, eight and two at best, nine and one. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. And looking at last year's schedule, they played Baylor. Um, ended up a close one. I think another close one was TCU, if I remember correctly. Um I have them going eight and two, and I have one of their losses being Oklahoma. And my second loss is going to be their most intriguing game for me. And that's because both teams have like really impressive play, like a lot of returning guys. And that's TCU. And we talked, you talked about Baylor as well. Matt Rule's gone. They now have the defensive coordinator from LSU. Um, so now they're a defensive minded coach. They have um, Charlie Brewer coming back. Um, who has that arm talent, and obviously Baylor is a topic of discussion for another time, but I have ultimately Texas going eight and two. Um, I think even with Trayvon Morig, I was going to mention this in TCU, but I'll do it now, but even like with Trayvon Morig and Darius Washington on the field, like you can easily tell like how well they flourish, but TCU had the 27th ranked past defense in the NFL, which isn't great. And Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson obviously have big losses. And I think Ellinger is going to take advantage of that. And I think that has the potential to be an upset game. Um, And I've got them going eight and two. And my most intriguing game is TCU. And I think you can see that being a pass heavy game, especially going in. You're a few games in. Guys like Tariq Black are more comfortable. Hopefully, he starts to, you know, get those get that production in the Big Twelve like he had, like he hope like he hopefully will in the first few games. But my most intriguing game um, is TCU, and I forgot to mention Sam Cosme. Sam Cosme is six seven three hundred pounds, and he's a guy that moves very well for how um, for his size. Like he's a mountain of a man, and He's very athletic. He's fluid. He moves very well. He's got that speed. Um, Sam Cosme, I think, could very well solidify himself as a first-round pick. Um, but we can talk about draft prospects all night here. But ultimately, 8-2 and two record Texas losses to TCU and Oklahoma. Yeah, so I, I went ahead and gave you guys my predictions already, but I, don't, I failed to give you my most interesting 
intriguing game, and that is going to be, you know, the Red River rivalry there versus Oklahoma and Dallas. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I, I just – these two are uh, easily going to both come in undefeated here, maybe both ranked top five teams in the nation. It's going to be really, really, really fun, in my opinion. It's going to be, you know, one of those knock them out drag them out fights. Um, not like an SEC knock them out drag them out, but, you know, a Big 12 knock them out drag them out. So mid-30s <laughs> is what we're kind of going with there. But uh, that I can't wait. I hate that it's a noon game. I, I need – I wish the Red River rivalry was all – like they would make it a night game sometimes just out of, you know, it just, just so the guys are ready to play, you know. But um, I'll, I'll settle for just even having that game this year, especially with how good these two teams are predicted to be. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, that Sam Ellinger, uh, Spencer Radler matchup, like I was talking about earlier. Yeah, for sure. Um, so our next team is Oklahoma State. Um, just going through their record. Um, well, even Oklahoma's record as well. And how talking about Shuba Hubbard, you and I both kind of seem to be that, be those guys that are higher on Oklahoma State. Um, I know I told you before we went on air. Um, the college game day analyst named their gave their college football playoff predictions and Desmond Howard put Oklahoma state in there. And after the game against Tulsa, I don't, I'm not so <laughs> sure that's going to happen. That, that looked rough. And obviously Tylen Wallace is coming off a major injury that sidelined him for a big part of the season, the majority of it. Um, and, Obviously, Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders went out with, I think it was the ankle injury, or was that Tylen Wallace? One of them went out. I know Spencer Sanders, one of them had the ankle injury. I think anyway, that was Sanders. Sanders, yeah, because he didn't come back. And when, when Sanders and Wallace weren't on the field, even just without Sanders, you could see how well, like, or not well, you could see like how bad that chemistry was on that offense. Ethan Bullock came in their second string. He just looked scared half the time. Every time he'd do a bootleg or a QB run um, to out of the pocket, he would just run straight out of bounds. I mean, even Tylen Wallace, like those guys, like on Tulsa, have done a, like they did a really good job containing Tylen Wallace, preventing him from creating that elite separation that he's good at. And then you bring in Shane Ellen's Shane Ellenworth, a freshman. And you started to see like Tylen Wallace get the ball more. And like their big question is going into week two, Tylen Wallace or not Tylen Wallace, Spencer Sanders, like, will he be fully healthy? Like Spencer's like they like that chemistry with Sanders and Wallace is very crucial to that offense. And Todd McShay was saying, um, talking about Zach Smith, he's Tulsa's quarterback and, he said, pay attention to the flick in his wrist. That's why some people, that's why a lot of scouts and analysts have viewed him as a day three draft pick. I think it was like early to mid day three draft pick. And I, that's kind of something I started to like pay attention to. And like he did good. I mean, I, I think he's got that arm talent and there's also other times where he's got room to grow with his decision making. Um, but um, they only won 16 to seven. And I would guess Ellensworth, Spencer Sanders might even go into this game questionable. I haven't heard anything um, on the updates. I'm sure there have been. I just haven't found it or looked at it. Um, 
I know because he went out very early. And then once Ellenworth came in, or Shane Ellenworth, the freshman, you started to see more targets out of Tylen Wallace. Um, but having Spencer Sanders healthy and Tylen Wallace is going to be very crucial for that Cowboys offense. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, that offense looked completely <clears throat> lost when Sanders did go down. Um, it was just, you know, a mess. Ultimately, Bullock did not – he shouldn't have seen the field, in my opinion. <laughs> 41 yeah. yards pick, 5.7 QBR. Um, didn't do anything, ultimately. Like, it was just running out of bounds and just not, not showing up, ultimately, <laughs> in, in a game that it's probably the easiest for you to show up in. But – um, let's give credit where credit's due to Tulsa, but ultimately mm-hmm. this quarterback play out of Oklahoma State, if it stays that way, is not gonna work out. Like it, it's just not. Um, you can't rely on um Chuba Hubbard to carry your team each and every weekend of of the season. I mean, you ran him twenty seven times and uh, albeit he had ninety three yards and a touchdown, but I mean you can't keep running him, you know. 30 times a game or near 30 times a game and expect to win the game. Uh, I mean, you can, but you're going to have to have, you know, some help from, you know, you need to open it up with some play action here and you can't run the play action if the defense isn't going to respect your, your passing game. So ultimately they can load the box in that situation. And luckily for Oklahoma state, it was Tulsa and not, you know, a bigger big 12 team here that they had to deal with. But, Everybody was so high on this Oklahoma State offense. Not, I mean, the whole team is in general, but like you were saying, everybody talks about this offense and how it's supposed to, you know, be very super explosive with um, the weapons that they have with Tylen Wallace and everybody else. So um, it was just disappointing, in my opinion, to see that uh, unfold in their first game of the year. But um, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at their schedule, Sam. So this is another tough one, and, like, I don't want to be that guy that – gives them one loss, um, and that would have been to TCU um, because of all those returning guys. And TCU is a very interesting team to me because of that, Um, all those unique players um, like the three guys I mentioned earlier. But looking through their schedule, um, I have one of their losses coming to TCU, like I mentioned. I have another one coming to um, Baylor. And then potentially um, Iowa State, but as an upset game. But I've got them potentially being an 8-2 and two team. Um, my most intriguing game is against TCU. Um, TCU, and we've talked about this with other people in Unwrapped, TCU has really started to put their name on the map. And they brought in Zach Evans, um, which there was a recruiting, like, all over the place. It was crazy. <laughs> um, with Zach Evans, uh, they brought in JD Spielman, who was the top wide receiver at Nebraska, um, which doesn't say a ton, but JD Spielman broke record. He broke like one or two records at Nebraska. So bringing in him in the Big 12 will be huge. And you mentioned uh, Max Duggan coming out with a heart uh, heart condition um, diagnosed with it back in August. He was cleared yesterday because he was back practicing two days ago. However, they did announce Matthew Downing, their sophomore backup, um, that will be playing. And actually, we were talking about this too. TCU is one of the teams that did end up having their week one game postponed because of COVID. Um, They were supposed to play SMU. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
Um, I expect a, I would say defensive battle. Um, and actually, let me rephrase. I think Oklahoma has a chance to run all over it. And I think this could be a game where Oklahoma blows out TCU or it's a one possession game. And I want to mention Chuba Hubbard as I think I've told you this before, where obviously I think RB2 in the draft is Chuba Hubbard, but I need to see more of mm -hmm. Chuba Hubbard other than that one year. He sat behind Justice Hill for a year. And I think he's going to be the guy to do that. And I think what sets him apart from Travis Etienne is he is such an elite decision maker. If you watch Travis Etienne play, he struggles to find those tight holes and he panics at making those decisions and he'll start hopping around in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. He's very hesitant. And then you go into Chupa Hubbard who will just power through. He's patient at finding the holes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one like very, I would even say unique. I would say like an elite trait that sets him apart from Travis Etienne. I think Travis Etienne very well could be the first running back off the board. Um, but He's got to improve on that, and like that's a that's a minor red flag for teams looking if teams want to feel confident in using him. And Chuba Hubbard's proven. Chuba Hubbard's proven he can do that, and I think Chuba Hubbard's going to soar his way. Chuba Hubbard might may even be. Um, I think there's a lot. There's probably a lot of analysts that view him as a first round prospect. Um, but I, Chuba Hubbard's a guy that I'm going to watch very closely. Um, I know a lot about him, obviously, but. I have a lot of faith in him. I think he's going to prove me wrong. And that one year wonder. Um, and obviously we talked about Tulsa, not a good showing, but Oklahoma state needs that bounce back game. Yep. Um, uh, you, you're a little bit higher on them than I am after this first game. Uh, I understand that their quarterback went out early and they had to deal with all those problems, but ultimately um, that could happen at any moment throughout the season, you know, so uh, for their starting quarterback not to be in a full game to start the season, you still got to, you know, bring him along in the next game in the following games after that. So um, my intriguing game to watch here is going to be um, the game versus Iowa State there in, in late October. Um, I think that's going to be kind of a big deal for them to break up what I think is going to be a nice losing streak for them. Um, and that's the big game, in my opinion, to, to, you know, kind of slow the bleeding there. And I mean, I think Iowa state, we all saw, um, what happened to them this past or yeah, this past weekend or a week ago. Um, and they absolutely got throttled by a Louisiana team, but, um, I think they're going to end up getting together. I think Brock Purdy is going to be like, Hey, listen, guys, we, he's the ultimate, that family as a whole is ultimate com competitors that, I mean, all the way down to to their sister and and his little brother who's now at Florida State. Um, all they do is just you know compete and they love to compete and they're leaders just by nature and heart. So I think uh, Brock's gonna get that team together, round them up, be like, hey guys, listen, this is not us. Um, and then that's gonna be a big game for them. But um, it's gonna be in Oklahoma State, so it'll be tough. But I think I see Oklahoma State going five and five this season. Unfortunately, um, I have them lose at Baylor. It's going to be a tough road game there. Um, I have them losing their following week as well to Iowa State. That's why I'm saying it's such a big game for them because this is a little three-game losing streak that I got them going on right here. And then obviously end, ending that streak off with a loss <laughs> against Texas. So if you want to you know, kind of get a little <clears throat> fire under your butt or anything before heading to that Texas game, you need a W um, there 
versus Iowa State, but I don't think that's going to happen ultimately. So right off the bat, you start three and three, so you don't know where your head's at. Then, then you probably win the next game against Kansas State, and then you head into a game which you ultimately probably think you're going to lose, but it'll probably be closer than you know everybody thinks at this point in the season. You're four and three. You're probably not ranked up to this point. And everybody's expecting you to, you know, just kind of fold under the pressure. But it's going to be a good game um, nonetheless, in my opinion. But ultimately, Oklahoma is the better team and will come out on top there. And then to end the season off, I also have them losing to TCU on the road. So um, a tougher schedule than a whole lot of people would, you know, imagine. I think those are all tough games. And, I mean, they're all somewhat winnable for them. I think a lot of them will be close. Like Baylor will be close. Iowa State will be close. Um, I'm sure the, like I said, the Oklahoma games can be close and, um, maybe not that TCU one. I think it's in the year you guys are kind of, you know, letting go a little bit and all of that. But, um, I think a lot of these games are definitely winnable for them. So they just got to, you know, go out and improve off of, you know, what we saw in this first game and, you know, get, get, get healthy back there. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously next we're going to talk about TCU, but, um, they, they need, I mentioned the bounce back game. They're back in Oklahoma against West Virginia, a team that has, you know, I don't want to say struggle to find their identity, but they usually sit right in the middle. Middle, I would say, mediocre team um, in the Big 12. I mean, the last time West Virginia was, like, really, really good was probably when they had Geno Smith. I mean, I loved Will Greer coming out of, West Virginia, I thought he was going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL, not elite, but I thought he was going to produce. And unfortunately, that didn't turn out so well um, yet, I should say. Um, but they need that bounce back game. And it's, they they need Spencer Sanders healthy. And I know Shane Illinworth played well. And I think Tylen Wallace is also another guy that kind of needs to bounce back from week one. And we saw a lot of inconsistency from him. Not a lot of drop passes, but I mean, when Sanders went down, like I mentioned, you not only saw less targets from Tylen Wallace until mm-hmm. Illingworth came in, um, but those Tulsa corners, like the guy that lined up against Tylen Wallace, did a really nice job of containing him and um, containing him throughout the game, preventing him from getting that elite separation. Um, So our next team, our fourth team is TCU. Um, I mentioned um, two things about them already. They had their game postponed because of COVID week one. They were supposed to play SMU. Um, And then they also are, they ruled Max Duggan out because of his heart condition. Um, And he came back, he was cleared, but they already announced that Matthew Downing was playing um, and you did mention a while ago that um, they want to they want him to get snaps um, to kind of get back into things, but obviously he's not going to start. I mentioned they brought in JD Spielman, they brought in Zach Evans, and going on to their defense, we've kind of already touched base on a lot of this already. Um, Trayvon Morig and Adarius Washington, two guys that could be early round prospects. One of them has the potential to be in the first round. I think they're both going to go, I would say, right now, early second. Um, but I think there's always that surprise player, um, secondary player, um, that ends up 
the two that I'm thinking of both went to the Raiders. Jonathan Aver went two years ago, and Damon Arnett went last year. Prince of Mucamera got cut, and Damon Arnett is now one of the starters of the Raiders. And there's always that reach and guys that fall for no reason. And, like, it's – I wouldn't say no reason, but, like, if more if this happens to Morig, I mean, other than, like, off-field incidents or diluted samples and injuries – if they drop for anything else in that, it's my guess would probably be because certain teams value this player over that, over this player for like that position. And I mentioned TCU had the 27th pass defense, 27th ranked pass defense um, in, in the big 12 or not in the big 12, the in college football. And that's the key too, is like they, I think they'll be able to win games. And obviously, like everyone says, defense wins championships. I think a big part of them for to win to help them win games is for them to have both Trayvon Morig and Darius Washington on the field. Yeah, I am I'll just start kind of on the offensive side of the ball here with TCU. Uh real question obviously comes with quarterback play at this point in time with you know the breaking news of um Max Duggan and him not um, Woozy <laughs> throwing in a Clemson shout out here on a Big 12 conference uh, <laughs> panel. But thanks for uh, joining, Woozy. We appreciate you coming in and watching, as always. Very loyal fan there. Um, but anyways, yeah, the big question for TCU is going to be that quarterback situation. Is Duggan going to be able to come back and, you know, be a starter and everything? So um, I, I know Morning is coming in, and um, that's his name, right? Matthew. Um, Matthew Downing. Matthew Downing, not morning, excuse me. So, yeah, Matthew Matthew Downing is coming in, um, sophomore. So, I mean, he's seen a little bit of action, but not anything that Max has. So, and you and I have been talking about it <laughs> um, for a little bit of time now that, uh, you know, this was Max's year to, you know, take that next step because he didn't necessarily play well last year. He played okay, but it was time for him, you know, to take a little bit of a leap here. And now, I mean, this just kind of throws a shot into that and, you know, kind of, puts a little dent in the armor there for him. So I wonder, like, where's your head, head space going to be at when it comes to that, when he does get a chance to play, is he going to, you know, try and take the, take the lid off and, you know, just really come out there and sling it. I mean, TCU still had, you know, a top 40 ranked um, offense last year, which isn't horrible, but you, you expect that out of a TCU offense. The whole thing with them that came down to it last year is yes, you can put up, you know, yardage and all of this, but, what we need right now is, you know, for you to score. Um, you need you need those points. We're used to seeing, you know, TCU teams put up like 40s or whatever. But, I mean, they scored more than 30 points a game last season. However, but that's not what, you know, a typical Gary Patterson offense is, is doing. So, I mean, with the addition of um, the running back, um, what was his name again? Um, uh, Zach Evans. Zach Evans, that's right. I knew it was something Evans. I wasn't quite sure what. Yeah, with Zach Evans coming over after his whole ordeal, um, he's just going to slot in right into that running back position with, you know, both of their back running backs or both of their top running backs last year being picked up as undrafted free agents and um, from for Dallas, actually. So um, that's going to be huge for them in terms of their offensive firepower. Obviously, they used, they lost Jalen Rager um, over there to Philly. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to see, you know, a couple wide receivers step here, here and there. But ultimately, it comes down to is their defense. I think TCU is going to surprise a lot of people with their defense. Um, the whole problem with their defense last year 
was the run stopping ability. They didn't get it done on that side of the ball, but when the ball was in the air, they were elite. Um, they always seem to have, you know, elite secondaries for some reason. Um, you talked about two of them already. I don't need to talk about them anymore because it's just beating a dead horse at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, expect them, you know, to, uh, to, you know, do the same thing they did last year. And like you were saying, it should be pretty high draft pick. So if they can figure out how to stop the run, um, they'll be a very, very good um, defensive team on that side of the ball. And they're also returning 68% of the production on that side. And you mentioned Morgan Washington. The third guy I want to talk about is actually kind of alludes to your, um, you know, run defense. And that's Garrett Wallow. Um, I think Garrett Wallow's a guy, I think looking at his tape right now, I think he's probably top 10 to top 15, but NFL prospect in the big 12. I think he's definitely in the top half of those prospects in the big 12. It's just, nobody talks about him. When you think of the big 12, everyone thinks of guys from Oklahoma. They think of Chuba Hubbard. Um, they think of obviously Tylen Wallace. I think Garrett Wallow. I think Garrett Wallow is going to put himself on the map. I think Garrett Wallow has a chance. Obviously, he had three and a half sacks last year, and seventy-seven total tackles and breaking out. I think he could has the potential to take a bigger step. And and what did you say? Sixty something for sixty-six percent of their returning 68. guys. Sixty-eight percent of their returning guys. And outside of Morgan Washington. The third best guy on that defense is Garrett Wallow, and I expect Garrett Wallow to make a make a big impact, make that bigger leap, and be that significant part of that run defense. And going off of what Woozy Woozley said, um, <laughs> what do you think the ACC ranks in the Power Five this year? I think the ACC is the third best conference in college football because um, you have Clemson, obviously. Um, you have I think Florida State. I think what did we get five and or five and five for six and five five and six? I think um, I would say Florida State's right in the middle, um, but you have Miami who's good. You have Derek King who has tons of potential. You have Michael or Carl Cunningham or Malik Cunningham. I mean, we've seen outside of Clemson and North Carolina, we've seen like other teams like Louisville and Miami pop off. And obviously Wake Forest doesn't have Sage Surratt or uh, Jamie Newman anymore. But if you go into the Big 12, you have – I think Texas is a team that has a lot to prove. I think Texas, from the team last year, towards the end of the season, they got quiet. And they have Sam Ellinger, who we've, we've had multiple conversations about – he has to take that big step forward. And TCU, we know what they're capable of. We, I think we can both kind of agree that um, TCU is kind of like Louisville like the, in the ACC, where like they're an up-and-coming team, and they have really put themselves on the map. Um, that's my answer to that. I think the ACC is the third-best conference in college football, uh, also because yeah. the Big 12 is not known for having those elite defenses. Um but yeah, <laughs> eating Mexican food. So I guess we can wait join, for uh, join tacos. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we can wait on your answer for when he comes back. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this DCU schedule a little bit. Um, so just off the bat, obviously we mentioned that we're 
the SMU game got postponed. We don't know what's going to happen with that, if they're going to have to find a different team to play or not. Um, so right now we just have a nine game schedule for you guys. So, I mean, we're just going to go based off of, of what we have. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, but first game of the year, they're going to play TC or Iowa state. And um, that game I think is going to be really close. I think, you know, that returning defensive of prowess that they have there on that side of the ball is really going to help them being at home here against Iowa state. So it's really tough for them for Iowa state, unfortunately. Um, so I think they'll win that and you got to play Texas. I think it could be an upset, but I'm, I'm not expecting it. And then you have Kansas state. Um, you get Oklahoma at home. Uh, I think it's another loss as well, but then you have Baylor, Texas tech, West Virginia, Kansas, and Oklahoma state. So it's not too, you know, terribly hard of a schedule here for them. So um, the most intriguing matchup, in my opinion, is going to be um, that game versus Texas, I believe. I think it's going to be, you know, second game of the season for them. Um, probably third. It's going to be third game for Texas. So um, Texas is going to be highly ranked, but this is an upset, you know, type deal for them. Um, you know, it's a big game. Gary Patterson always plays well in this game, in my opinion, for some reason. He always gets his team ready for, for Texas. It's maybe because it's TCU, Texas Christian versus Texas. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be a real intriguing matchup, in my opinion. But ultimately, um, for, you know, in terms of record, I'm going to have them going probably about, let's see, they have nine games, one, two, three, four, five, six. <clears throat> I have them going six and three in their nine game schedule, which isn't bad. That I mean, that's losses to Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, which are all expected. Um, maybe one of those are an upset. Maybe they drop one that they shouldn't drop. Um, but we'll see. But I like them at six and three for this upcoming year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you we kind of have similar losses. Um, I'm going to go a little bit worse, um, but I, they're still at a pretty fair record in my opinion. Um, I have them going five and five, and. Your intriguing game has one of my losses. Five, my, what's that? Five and five. five. <laughs> or five and yeah, five, five and four. Game? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so my main losses are Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. And obviously, yeah, one of your intriguing games is Texas. One of my losses. My intriguing game. Um, is against Iowa State. Uh, obviously, they lost to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns week one, who actually ended up being ranked. Um, the bottom half of the ranking is um, going into week two, I think, if I remember correctly. did I think they lost week two, but I could be wrong. Um, I, I think they lost week two, um, but they have a quarterback who um, is – very interesting, and I want to learn more about him. Um, I think he's very talented, has a lot of potential. Um, but I have Iowa State because the main reason, because of their past defense. And they both they struggle in both areas, but one to me is more so than the other. And Texas doesn't have that elite run game, so I think TCU can stop their run de their running game. And I think their pass defense, even with the loss of Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson, um, not Texas, Iowa State, um, Iowa State doesn't have a great run game. Um, Brock Purdy broke records last year. I don't remember the, off the top of my head. It was passing yards, passing touchdowns. Um, it, it like he, he broke multiple records. And I think the fact that 
looking at that pass defense, I think Brock Purdy is another quarterback that's going to take advantage of that. And I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to come down to the end. And I have Iowa State beating them. Um, and I have TCU going um, five and five. Yeah, uh, it's not not a bad prediction. I, I like that intriguing matchup. I think it'll be a, a real good game, especially since it's TCU's first one and Iowa State's going to be coming off that loss. But um, that'll lead us right into um, our last team of the night, and that is the Iowa State Cyclones. So um, I'll go ahead and start off with this one and just let you guys know I, I was really disappointed in their showing um, this past Saturday versus uh, University of Louisiana, <coughs> um, the Raging Cape over there in Louisiana. So, uh, I mean, their Red Cajuns are a good team. I mean, you give it to them, hats off to them. But, I mean, you can't, as Brock Purdy, you can't have the type of game you had when this is supposed to be your, you know, your money year per se when it comes to becoming an NFL draft prospect. I've already seen multiple locations where he is just dropping down the boards right now because of his performance versus the Cajuns in his first game. I mean, you complete 16, only 16 out of your 35 <coughs> attempts mm-hmm. for only 145 yards, throw a pick, and have a QBR under 25. You can't do that against a Raging Cajuns team and then expect your name not to come up and dropping down the draft board. So uh, they got the run game going this game. And we had, they had a, you know, a 20-yard carrier for 103 yards and a touchdown. Um, that's not going to get the job done. And the problem here is what is – Brock Purdy going to get help or where is he going to get help on the outside to, you know, help him out. And that's really where the big question comes in for this team. Yeah. And even I, I mean, even going into week one before that game, I saw him as I shouldn't say I saw him. There were mocks that had him as probably or, or mid second round. I would say I saw mm-hmm. one going to the bears. Um, which would be interesting coming from a Packer fan. But, yeah, I mean, like, Brock Purdy broke multiple records. And, like, a lot of them were, like, passing yards, passing touchdowns. And that just shows, like, even Matt Campbell said a few weeks ago, like, before the week one game, that Brock Purdy is not only a guy that he can trust to run his offense, but he's really matured into that, um, you know, elite-level quarterback. And – Obviously, against the Raging Cajuns, that was not a good showing. And Brock Purdy, like you mentioned, there has to be a guy to step up to help him out on the outside and be that threat um, and be that weapon, um, be that weapon of threat for other defenses. And going into the record, um, I mentioned we kind of touched base upon this already. Um. I'm sorry, Tariq Black. Yeah, Tariq Black was Texas. Um, mm-hmm. His top target was Charlie Kolar, and that's going to be my most interesting player on the defense. Um, kind of the same way I view Jake Ferguson. Um, we talked about Jake Ferguson talking about the Big Ten. Um, and Jake Ferguson – I think we can, I mean, I think he has the potential to be an early third round prospect. Um, and I think Charlie Collar is the same way. I, 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 if I had to guess right now, I think Collar and Ferguson would be around the same area. I think Ferguson, maybe this is big 10 biased, but maybe Ferguson goes a little bit early. Um, but Charlie Collar is the top, <laughs> Charlie Collar is the top 
was Brock Purdy's top top guy and like another big bodied receiver for him to throw to. He's 6'6", 257 pounds. And I expect so my most intriguing game is Texas. I have them going uh, five and four. And Louisiana, they uh, like like um, like Oklahoma State. They need that bounce back game. Obviously, Louisiana's an L. Um, I've got them losing to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. And my most intriguing game is um, at te- or as a, is at Texas. And I mentioned Tariq Black, no Duvernay, no Johnson. He has Tariq Black. Um, his top target is. Um, Charlie Kalar. He also has a transfer um, that they're probably they're going to expect him to make that impact right away, and that's Xavier Hutchinson. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I don't. I'm trying to remember where he transferred from. Um, I think it said it was a transfer somewhere, um, but this is his first season with the Cyclones, and I expect this to be a pass-heavy game, and. Um, I have them going five and four and a player that I'm intrigued to watch on defense is uh, Matt Campbell talked about um, Brock Purdy, you know, kind of maturing into that quarterback that he can trust lead this team. My guy on the defense is Jaquan Bailey. Um, He's coming off a major leg injury. He played just three games last year. Um, I think it was right before he went down or right as he went down is he, I think the caption said something like he could be one of the best defensive events to come out of, to come out of Iowa state. And yeah. obviously coming out of uh, coming off a leg injury is going to be huge. I don't expect him to break out. Um, Cause we don't, I mean like that he, he played just three games um, but I, I expect him to make that impact. I expect him to make the same impact he has in his years in, um, at Iowa State. And don't quote me on that. I, I, I saw it was something with Matt Campbell. Um, he praised Jaquan Bailey. He said he's, he's proven so much. He's been one of their stars on their defense. And obviously, like that's a guy that everyone's going to be intrigued about in the big 10 to see if he can work his way up the draft boards, especially coming off that leg injury that sidelined him for um, 10 games. I think I have Iowa state going five and five. I obviously been a little lot higher on them. Had they come out here and actually won the game that they were supposed to win against, um, you know, the raging Cajuns. So with that, I five and four, I five and five. Playing ten games, oh man! Five and five, yeah. Why do I have five and four? <laughs> one of us, one of us is wrong. <laughs> Two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, I got ten. <laughs> oh, okay, then I, I'll switch my. I'll think about it. Just, just. Uh, yeah. So my, I'll, I'll go over my five losses. I have them. Obviously, they've already lost to Louisiana. Um, I'm going to have them also losing that next game to TCU because it's on the road. I got them losing to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas, much like yourself. So uh, I think the intriguing matchup is going to be the TCU game, which is what you picked for the TCU game, <laughs> the best pick. So um, I think this is a huge game that if you want a, a decent season, you have to win this one. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. Nobody's going to make that step and leap to help. 
Brock Purdy. Um, defense doesn't necessarily shock me um, or, you know, surprise me at all that they let Louisiana put up 31 points on them. But um, most of that was the problem of the offense. So they gave them balls in, in very great situations. And you didn't really see eye-popping numbers from Louisiana's offense in the first place. But ultimately, let them score. And so, I mean, you're facing a much higher octane offensive, you know, team this upcoming week. So I really expect that one. But ultimately, Iowa State doesn't have what it takes to, you know, yet. I, I believe Matt Campbell will get it right and everything. But um, not yet. I mean, not to hang with Oklahoma's, the Oklahoma States or the Texases of the world. So um, going to be a tough season to see Brock Purdy have to, you know, go 500 in what is supposed to be his money year. But hopefully he can make it up with some numbers and you know, move his name back up that draft board. Yeah, and that's a guy that I'm really rooting for, um, along with Chuba Hubbard and some other guys in the Big 12. And I'm going to have them going 5-5. Five and five. I'm going to keep my intriguing game at Texas. Um, but after watching their game against Louisiana, I think Baylor's a team that could potentially beat them. Um, yeah, they lost there. They lost Matt Rule to the Panthers. Um, they're bringing back Charlie Brewer. Um, and obviously you mentioned that they like they have to rely. like He can't be their only answer to that offense. I think if I remember correctly, they brought back John Lovett, um, who doesn't really wow me. Um, I don't expect much from their run game. Um, but I think after watching the Louisiana game, I think Baylor is a, is potentially a team that could upset, um, if you want to call it upset, that could beat Iowa State. Um, but that's all I have. Um, Caleb, did you have anything else to add, man? Um, yeah, so guys, that was our, our Big 12 breakdown of records of the five most intriguing teams that we have for you guys. Um, it was great time, as always, with you, Sam. Uh, if you guys haven't looked down at the bottom yet, head over to rxhemp.com. Use code rxhemp-usn for 10% off of every single purchase that you have. So um, they've got great, you know, CBD pain relief cream that's all natural. I use it almost every day on my back because I'm constantly standing at work. Also, if you're a gambling man um, like myself, uh, head over to mybookie.ag, um, deposit up to $45, and they will match 100% of whatever you whatever you deposit on your first deposit. So um, when I first signed up, I put in $50. I got $50 in free plays. So great deal heading over there with the MyBookie guys as well as the RX Hemp. Um, great stuff we got going. USN, um, thank you guys for you know bringing us together allowing us to be on this live lineup that is absolutely taking off right now. Um, so yeah, I think that'll do it for another episode of Saturday standouts.